Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. If you don't know me, my name is Chuli. Um, I've been coming to this church since 1999, so it makes me sound really old, doesn't it? Some of you probably weren't even born then, but I was. Um, And um, I'm married to Matthew Long. Um, We've been married for nearly 18 years. And we have two kids, Sophia, which I'm not where she's sitting. There's Sophia and Michael, who just got baptised, which is really exciting. So that's a super exciting day for us. So... Um, Josh last week started on this new message series called Rose for... Rose, I'll start that again. I'm so sorry. Rules for the Road. Rules for the Road. So he was talking about Rules for the Road and how he said um, last week his theme was slow down a sharp curve ahead, which is really cool because it's about not rushing through life like I do. I like to rush. If you know me, you know I'm pretty quick at doing things, but about slowing down before we get to those sharp curves. And today's message that Holly and I get to do together is about stay in your lane. Um, And I thought, stay in your lane. I've probably got some good driving stories, but I don't really, because if you know me, you would know that I'm an amazing driver. (laughs) Absolutely. You would know that I really do not get tagged in Facebook often for driving stories. You would know that, you know, my friends and my workmates, they don't tease me about my driving. You would also know that people don't make comments about my driving aligning with my um, race, possibly. You know, no one says that. I'm an amazing driver. So, no, sorry. I do have a few driving stories, but I, I won't share them with you today. It's just sometimes people hold on tight in the car to those things. I'm like, just relax. You know, it's all good. I've got you. Sometimes people are kind of moving sharply, and I'm like, it's all good. It's fine. But anyway, staying in your lane. I, I find staying in your lane hard. No, we're talking about our lane being our lane being our life. And I think sometimes staying in our lane, lane can be tricky. And I think it can be tricky for numerous reasons. I think because sometimes other people's lanes can look really exciting. I think sometimes we might be dissatisfied with our own lane. I think sometimes that we think the lanes are restrictive. And Holly's going to talk a little bit about that later on. But I think for me personally, and I just want to sort of be honest here, that this message today is actually for me as well. I do not have all this perfect, that's for sure. It's something that I find really hard. But I think for me, staying in your lane is hard because of comparisons, because I struggle with comparing myself and what I'm doing to other people. It's a really big thing. And I do that in all areas of my life. Like I do that as um, a wife. I look at people like Belinda. She's an amazing wife to Josh. And I think, I want to be an amazing wife to my husband. I look at it like as a mum. I think, you know, Vanessa Vortman, she is so much fun. I want to be a fun mum. Where is she? She's amazing. I think Holly is such a spiritual wise mum. I want to be like that. I do that in my job as well. I think I'm a teacher and I think, oh, I wonder if my kids are enjoying their class as much as that teacher. So I struggle with comparison. Comparisons is really tricky. But I think the key to staying in our lane comes down to two key things, two points. That's all I've got for you. And the first point is that my lane is my lane. It's quite repetitive, isn't it? But my lane is my lane. If I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say that sometimes it's, it's, I find my lane, I feel resentful towards it. I'll be really honest. Does anyone else feel like that sometimes? Is that okay? Sometimes I feel a bit resentful. An example of that is... Sometimes I do, I do Life Kids Primary here out in the shed every fortnight and I rock up there and sometimes I love it. Sometimes it's the, you know, the greatest. I love getting there at 8 o'clock. I love getting there here earlier to set up and drag all the fences in and put the games out and it's amazing. And being part of Life Kids Primary, I will say, has been 
probably one of the most rewarding ministries I've ever been a part of and I love it so much. But sometimes, and I'll be honest, and this isn't a go at anyone, please don't take it like this, but sometimes I see people rock up at 9, 9.30 and 10 and I'm like, I want to do that. I want to sleep in a little bit more. I don't want to get here at 8 o'clock and I get really resentful about it and I really struggle with that. But please know that that is not people rocking up at 9, 9.30. That is me and my attitude. So I think it's really hard sometimes to be really content in our lane. And um, God really reminds me that when we serve and when we do ministry, it's not a performance. It's not about um, a competition. It's not about your lane being better than other people's or your ministry being other things. It's about doing what God's called us to do. And you know what God's actually asked and called me to do kids ministry for the time being. And that is something that I need to do. And I just think that um, God not only wants us to be satisfied in our lanes in what we're doing, but he actually wants us to be content. And content is another level, isn't it? That's really hard to be content and feel really that this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing here. And the verse says in Philippians 4.11, which will be on the screen, it says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I want know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or in, sorry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him. He gives me strength, and contentment. I think is something that we all want to have. And um, anyone heard of Craig Rochelle? He's an amazing pastor, a real famous pastor in America. I think he's great. And his big saying is, "If the grass looks green on the other side, water your own grass." You know, like, look at what you're doing. Look at, be content in what you're doing. Don't try and strive to be in someone else's lane. Do what you're doing. And I think a really good example of this as well is um, Seb Burgess, who you've seen up here. He baptised Mikey and was up here doing stuff. Seb is actually, um, by then this year, going to be taking over Life Kids Primary, which is super exciting. Um, and I'm just thinking about that, that Seb is going to actually run that lane so different to I have. And, you know, he's going to do a better job. He's going to do it differently. He's going to, he's fun. He's energetic. People love being around Seb so much. And it doesn't make it that my lane was wrong or his is wrong. It just means his lane is different. And I think that's going to be really exciting for Seb. So I really get behind him and support him because he's a really, really amazing guy. Um, I guess what I want to leave, like, the, sorry. I'll slow down my thoughts. Sorry. This point I want you to have a little think of is... What can you do in your lane that only you can do? You know, we are all in different parts of our lives. We're all different ages. We all have different jobs. We're all in different families. We all have different things to do. But what is it that you can do that only you can do that God's asked you to do? You know, for me, I'm a mum. I'm a wife. I work at a school. That's the only things that I can do. Those people that are around me, they're the only people that I can influence and only I can do that. So what is God asking you that you can do in your lane? And the second point, my last point, is that good lanes are not necessarily my lane. And I think sometimes it's life is busy, isn't it? There is so many good things out there. There is lots of things that you can do, lots of good community groups that you can be part of. I know for our kids, there's lots of things they can do. They can, they, Michael does basketball and Sophie does dance and they both do piano. There's lots of good things that they do. But these good things are not the focus of their life. 
we're trying to bring our kids up to have God as their focus and to be planted in this house. Even though they do those good things, that's not their focus. And I think it's so easy to get focused by those good things. But I really challenge you guys, I guess, to think, what do I wake up for in the morning? What's my focus? What do I live for outside of Jesus being your saviour? What is it that you actually have that drive to do that only you can do? Um, I just want to read a verse from Mark. It's a little bit of a long one. So from Mark 12, 41, 44. That will go up on the screen in a second. Um, and the verse says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offering, offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live, in, live on. That verse is quite amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> so this widow came along and she had two small copper coins and she put that in. And God was actually saying that she gave more than all the rich people that doesn't actually say how much they gave, but they probably gave thousands, hundreds of coins. And I think this verse speaks about comparison, about it's not about what you're putting in. It's not about me looking around and thinking, why am I here at 8 o'clock and no one else is? It's about me. If I have two small copper coins, putting that in, and that's what I'm doing for God. If I have 200 gold coins, putting that in, it doesn't matter what you have. God's asking us to do what we have to do. And so I really just like ask you today, what is it that you have that only you can do? And what is it that's in your lane? Maybe something that's good that's distracting you from doing what God has you to do. So I'm just going to hand over to Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. It is so wet up here. I was like... Sorry. Okay. So my name is Holly. And I'm married to Mark, who I can't even... Oh, he's there. Hi, Mark. We worked out yesterday that this week marks our 21st anniversary of being boyfriend and girlfriend. And that means that we started going out when I was 21. Because I'm obviously not that old. All right. I'm going to talk about that dirty word... Rules. I know. Stay in your lane. What a, I've always thought that was so passive-aggressive. Stay in your lane. Don't move out of where you are. Do as you're told. And that kind of stuff just chafes against me because I'm a little bit rebellious deep down inside. Don't tell me what to do is what I want to say. I'm independent. I choose the direction I'm going in. But that is so foolish. Like, I work with little kids. Are any of my little kids in here right now? Azzy? Hi. Is there anyone else that's one of my little kids in here? Oh, Azzy, we've got rules at ELC, don't we? Can you tell me one of our rules? What's the rule about our ears? Can you remember? Listening ears. That's one of our rules. So we have rules at EOC. Listening ears, kind words, gentle hands, and inside we need to have 
walking feet. And it's not about me going on a power trip. I don't want to just enforce all these things. But we have rules for a reason and the why behind those rules is really important. We want everyone to be safe, healthy, and we say have a good day. And that's what God is like. He isn't on a power trip when he has these rules for our life. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to have a good day. We need rules. And stay in your lane is a rule. And it's not about God wanting to hold us down. He wants us to be free. But not free to just go all over the place because that is dangerous. And I've got a clip of something that we can have a look at. This is someone who is not staying in their lane on a freeway. And I watch this and I'm like, oh no. Oh my goodness. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You know what, I think God is probably a bit like us watching that sometimes when we are like, I want to do that, I want to do that. He's like, oh my goodness, stay in your lane. And I feel like he's wanting to talk to us about focus. Proverbs 15, 21 says, Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense, but a sensible person stays on the right path. So we need to focus. And I'm going to talk about two distractions that take our focus on the lane of our life. And the first distraction is the distraction of the rear view. It is distracting the rear view, but don't look at that. That's not what I'm talking about. Sorry. I'm going to talk smart. Are you ready? Cars have ingenious design. They have things like wheels and doors and windows and steering wheels and engines. But they also have something called a rear view mirror. And these are really impressive things that help you to reverse without having to turn your whole body. Now, when I first learned how to drive, I was a little bit like... And I've never had a proper car accident, but there was an incident once in the Bridge Clinic car park in my parents' car when I was trying to get out and I did the turn around and my hands went that way and the fence was along that way and 
oh, I needed to learn those rear view mirrors. But in the journey of life, we are always moving forward. There is no reverse. We cannot live our lives focused on the rear view. It is important. The past has shaped us and guided us and has made us who we are today, but we can't go back to that. And if we're spending our life focused on that, we're going to crash because we aren't moving that way, we're moving this way. Sometimes the mirror to your past might be reflecting some good things that you're thinking back on. You're like, oh man, I loved that house that we used to live in. I loved that teacher that I had last year. They just got me. This one doesn't. I loved that. I loved those songs that we used to sing and we never do and they keep making new ones. I loved that. I loved that boyfriend that I had. So we can be looking back at good things, but if you keep looking back at them, you are totally missing out on everything that is in front of you right now. So it's okay to think back, but it is dangerous to focus on it. It's like you're driving forwards looking in your rearview mirror. You're going to crash. But maybe you're looking back at hurts. We've all had things in our lives that have hurt us in the past. But it is not okay to live back there in that. And I know that I can look back at the past and the neon light that shines in my rearview mirror is rejection. And that causes me to feel hurt. It causes me to feel angry. And if I focus on the hurts of the past, it just allows bitterness to creep up in me. And I have a choice to make. Am I going to focus on that hurt? Am I going to allow bitterness to build in me? Or can I focus on the hope that's in my future? Because focusing on the bitterness of the past will never get you back there again. You can't relive that. But it does empower the past to determine our future it will crash we will veer off we're not going to stay in our lane if we're focused on that in Genesis there's a story about a man named Lot who lived in a city that was full of sin and God was going to destroy it and angels came to save Lot and his family and they got out of the city in Genesis 19:17 it says when they were safely out of the city one of the angels ordered run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley escape to the mountains or you will be swept away So the city that they lived in Sodom and Gomorrah was a dangerous place and I'm not going to go into that if you read it it's bad But the angel gave them that warning don't Look back. Stay in your lane. Keep focused. Get out of danger. But there is always temptation to look back. The way forward can be unknown. The past was something that this family knew. It hurt, but they were comfortable there. They knew how to deal with that hurt. They knew they could handle that. To step out and go forward into the future, into unknown, 
it is scary. And Lot's wife, as they're racing out of this city that is doomed, turned around, looked back, and the Bible says she was turned into a pillar of salt. There is danger looking back. And we might not turn into a pillar of salt, but we can't move forward while we're focused on the rearview mirror of our lives. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If we allow anger from what has been done to us in our past to control us, we're giving it our focus. We're staring in that rearview mirror, headed for destruction. So our rearview mirrors are there to glance into, to learn from, to grow from, but don't ever allow that to be your focus. Learn to forgive. It's hard. Learn to let that go because God has forgiven us. So we know we need to not be focused on our rear view, but there are other distractions that can cause us to swerve. And this kind of links in with what Julie was sharing, and it's this distraction of focusing on important things. So there are things that we need to look at. There could be a big truck coming in the other lane. It's like, yeah, I need to know you're there. There might be someone going to overtake you. Sometimes there's little lights that flash on on your dash. We do need to glance at them sometimes and understand what they mean. Or there could be something a little bit like this. Have a look at the screen. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, is the size of a head. Shut up, shut up. Don't let him call this I'm scared. I don't know what to do. What do we do, guys? Oh my god. That happened to us the other week when we were driving back from Sarah Jane and Craig's place and we're driving along and Drew is petrified of spiders. And he's like, and Mark was driving it and I was staring. And like, I mean, so sometimes that might have been what was going on in the car in the clip that I showed you first, that they're like driving, watching the spider because that is scary. So sometimes there are things that grab our attention and we kind of need to look at them sometimes because I would look at that spider if I was driving that car. And sometimes you might need to pull over and give that your attention for a little bit. Get rid of that. And then make sure that you're getting back into your lane. So there are things in life that are important that need to take our attention. But when you focus on something, you're making that the majority of what you see. It's there. Right in front. But if we allow everything that comes our way to completely capture our attention, we're going to be like that car, swerving all over. A dude called Andy Stanley has a saying, direction, not intention, determines your destination. There's a lot of big words in that. But that kind of just means that you can have the best intentions in the world. But if your actions... And leading you down a different path, that's where you're going to go. 
Like, if I want to go to Queensland but drive south, I'm never going to make it to Queensland. So we have to actually have some footsteps on and some action to, and not just intend things either. We can intend to do all the right things, but if we're letting our focus go there, that's where we're going to go. Proverbs 4.25 says, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. So we've got choices to make. What are you going to focus on? Because if you don't decide, circumstances will decide for you. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I want to focus on future and hope. Now, I've never been one to have great ambitions. I've not been like, this is where I want to be in my life. I've not been good at setting goals and sticking to them. And I've, but I've never sought out ways to promote myself, work-wise or in church. But I have been open to God opportunities. And one of my favourite Bible verses comes from the story of Esther. And it says, for such... A time as this. Now Esther was a young Jewish girl who was chosen by the king to become queen. And the king had an advisor named Haman. And he was unhappy with Esther's uncle, a dude called Mordecai. And Mordecai didn't bow down to Haman and Haman could not stop thinking about it. It's like he was focused on the rear view of his past. Mordecai! He didn't bow down to me. And looking at that, he developed a bitterness and he convinced the king to pass a law that would allow the Jewish people to be slaughtered. And in those days, even though she was queen, Esther was not automatically granted authority to see the king whenever she wanted. He had to be invited. But Mordecai went to Esther. He went to convince her that she could go see the king, go talk to him, save our people. And he said that line, maybe this is why you've been chosen to be queen. Maybe this is why you're here for such a time as this. I believe God has opportunities for every single one of us, every single day. But we have to choose to be present in the moment We have to choose to focus on Him. If we're focused so much on the past, we can't see the good things that are available for today. If we're looking to the left and the right, if we're comparing with what other people are doing, if we're seeing all these amazing things go by, you're not going to see the things that God has for your today. God doesn't have plans for your yesterday he's got plans for today for your future full of hope now you don't need to know exactly what God has planned to be able to stay in your lane when I married Mark I married a musician 
and now he's a pastor. <laughs> and I was studying teaching, but, and I am a teacher now, but the reason I wanted to be a teacher is I wanted to travel the world and work in international schools and have holidays forever. And that didn't happen. His life brings change. And you don't have to have things completely sorted to step into the future with hope. But we just need to be ready and willing to do what he has for us today. Because he's placed us here for such a time as this. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. May we not be consumed with comparison. May we not look back like Lot's wife. But may we allow God to speak his truth. May we allow God to open our eyes to our circumstance. That verse from Hebrews, I love the message version. I'm going to read that. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. And when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Think on Jesus. Think of what he's done for you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. Let's all stand. And I'd love for you to close your eyes with me. You don't have to have your eyes open to turn them upon Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. Considering you and his love for you. And may that overwhelm any sense of unworthiness in ourselves. We don't have to consider another person's lane. Because Jesus is right there with us. In the journey of our lives. Let's turn our eyes upon him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
consider all that you have done for us, that you will reveal yourself to us. That we understand that we're not staying in our lane to come under the rules of a God who just wants to push us down. But that we are driving alongside of you on this road of life. That we focus on you and the other things get sorted out that you've got us, that you love us, that you have plans for each and every one of us, for a hope and a future, and that your promises are there for each and every one of us to take up. And that if we don't know you, Lord, I just pray that through this time of worship, that you reveal yourself to hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.